Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, inspiring people and places. Today, we are digging into the business of the business in the AEC industry. I'm excited to introduce our guest, June Jewell. June is a CPA and is leading business management expert, guiding architect and engineering firm leaders to top industry profits by improving culture, which we talk about often, processes and systems, which the system engineer in me loves, and ensuring leaders, PMs, and employees are trained for high performance. Who doesn't want that? She's the author of the best-selling book, Find the Lost Dollars, Six Steps to Increase Profits in the Architecture, Engineering, and Environmental Firms. June is CEO of AEC Business Solutions, providing business assessments, training programs, workshops, and process improvement services to stop projects from leaking profits and find lost dollars in nine areas of your business. June's new book, Raise... She's a fan of acronyms and so am I. Raise Your Value prescribes a five-step process to uncover hidden value, design a winning competitive advantage, and increase fees. I will put her link in the show note, but without further ado, June Jewell, welcome to the Inspiring People and Places podcast. Hey, hi, BJ. How are you? I am fantastic. And you're hitting on a number of areas that as a business owner, project manager, and systems engineer, and and leader, I love to talk about. Uh, before we dive into the content of your work, let's understand who June Jewell is and how you ended up writing two books and in the AEC industry as a CPA. We know what you're doing now. Talk to us about where you started and how you got here. Well, let's see. I started in public accounting, but I realized very, very early on that I didn't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> for my career. So I ended up getting into software consulting, and this is back in the 80s when most people did not have a computer on their desk. And so I I got involved with accounting software and worked in that for years, became a reseller for various software products, all in the architecture engineering space. And in 2005, I had been working with Win2 Software for quite a while. They were a pretty popular product back then in the you know, the first 20 years of the, of the online or the computer industry for software and Dell tech, which was, had the, they were the, the giant in the industry. They bought that company win too. And I came along with them and became a reseller for Dell tech. So they actually helped me grow my business bigger than I already had it. And finally in 2014, I sold that business, but in Implementing probably, gosh, almost a thousand A&E firms over that 25-year period, I learned a lot about where they were losing money. And wow. I saw a lot of patterns. And so that in 2013, I wrote my first book, Find the Lost Dollars. And it's really the nuts and bolts of how to run a profitable architecture engineering firm. Which is a great topic. I want to talk about what was Find the Lost Dollars and, and what's the difference in your new book, Raise Your Value. But I want to comment on, I know that the I in Raise Your Value is investigate your value. And I want to throw a topic out at you. 
I talk a lot about the billable hour and how the billable hour sometimes makes people undervalue what they're doing and makes people turn our business from a value add business to a transactional service business. So what's your reaction to that? You know, our clients give their clients, my clients are giving their clients million dollar ideas and they charge them 200 bucks an hour for a million dollar idea. They just save that client a million dollars in construction costs or in the performance of their building or in their ability to avoid a huge problem. So why, why charge by the hour? I've actually done extensive analysis of our clients' projects. And what we found was lump sum or fixed fee projects made more profit than hourly projects. So, and I don't charge anybody by the hour ever. I don't even have a billing rate. So I think hourly is not the best way to run a business. It's, uh, you can only make so much money, right? Because there's only so many hours in a day. Right. It puts a cap on your value. Yeah. I think I think everybody feels protected by it because it puts a downside on your value also. It can, but if you think about it, with all the inflation that we've had in the recent year two, many of our clients are locked into three-year contracts yep. at very low hourly rates compared to where they should be. And in some cases, they're actually losing money on every hour they work. So that's what you care about because you're supporting the professional services side. But what about us as AE firms? We're serving our clients and you know this is how our clients think. What do you say to the value proposition there? Well, with a lump sum project, and if it's estimated correctly, and that's the caveat there, right? It has You have to do a good job of defining your scope and your estimate and managing your project. But mm -hmm. the client, in an hourly environment, the client doesn't really know what the upside is going to be. They don't know what their total cost is going to end up being. Whereas with a lump sum, they have a much better idea. So I, I think it's a win-win. I agree. And, and I want to dive into both sides of it because I think it's the way to raise the bar in our industry. And our, our podcast is called Inspiring People in Places, and we want to raise the bar of the industry. I think that the billable hour, to some degree, is holding back the value creation going on. Um, it's also holding back the accountability on both sides of the table because of this, this tension that comes up. And it creates gamesmanship, just like low price technically acceptable in the construction industry can cause somebody to underbid a job and then change order the, the client for everything that they forgot to put in the in the project. Same goes in in the time and material billing rates, billable hour game is you put more people on the job or you, you know, you, you have a blended rate and it really takes accountability off of the relationship between consultant and client and leaves it to, well, you know, we weren't, we weren't trying to get results. We were just trying to bill hours instead of creating that, like that ownership of, to your point, Hey, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? What's the result we're trying to get? 
And let's both agree that if we can get that result, the reward for getting that result is worth X to both of us. Exactly. And the other issue with hourly projects is that clients tend to scrutinize your invoices in detail, mm -hmm. which is nobody wants that. <laughs> Well, it, it's it's a audit exercise instead of a again, it's it's a waste of time if it's if there's not trust in the relationship. I get it. All right. So we agree philosophically. And I'm really good at talking strategy, but I think that everybody needs some how do we operationalize this concept? What are the tactics behind it? So talk to us about your books and how you go about this. Well, the first book, Find the Lost Dollars, looks at nine areas of the business. So the first step really is to make sure that you're optimizing all nine areas of your business to ensure you can make the most profit and have the least problems. Okay. So in that book, I go through in detail hundreds of small things that firms can do. The way that we implement that is through training leaders and project managers about business because let's face it most architects and engineers never learned about business in college i always say engineers are great with numbers until you put a dollar sign in front of them and they hate talking about money they hate asking clients for money um, and you have to get past that because you're running a business unfortunately or fortunately you're running a business right and Many of them don't want to be in doing that. They don't want the business side of it. But when they learn more about the business, they become more comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you say fortunately or unfortunately. I, cash flow is the lifeblood of any business. It's the lifeblood of that, what allows us to go get more work, do more work, make a bigger impact, and feed our families. So I, I'm a believer that everybody needs to understand the business of the business and I think it makes us better engineers, architects, constructors when we understand the business to the business because it turns this transactional relationship into a value creation relationship. Like, oh, I get it. I just saved the client $100,000 on negotiating that change order or identifying that obstacle before it impacted its schedule. And therefore, they're going to move into the building I'm trying to teach all of our employees. So we're going to, we, I might even have you do a live pitch to me here. About being, you know, there's Jack Stack wrote the book, The Great Game of Business, and and how do you understand the business of our business and and that at every level, how everybody feels a part of the project team or the business team and how we continue to grow and evolve as a business. So again, we are aligned. What are the nine areas that you look at? The nine areas, first of all, we focus on opportunities. So are you going after the right opportunities? Are you managing them correctly so that you can win, win them, having a sales process, that, that type of thing? Are your seller doers trained? The second one is pr proposals. Are you reinventing the wheel every time you do a proposal? Are your proposals easy to get out the door quickly? Or are you slaving over them, you know, for weeks and weeks and missing deadlines and there's always a lot of issues with proposals, conflicts between marketing and accounting, and there's just all kinds of things that go on with proposals. The third area is estimating. So mm. estimating is probably one of the most important because if you don't do a good estimate, you're going to have a terrible project. 
So estimating, you know, coming up with your scope of services, defining what exactly you're going to deliver and what you're going to do for the client and how much it's going to cost them. And if you mess that up, as you said, you're going to be going back and asking for more money and nobody wants that. The client doesn't want it and the engineers and architects don't want it. One of them is scope creep. So scope creep is, you know, providing services outside the scope of the contract and not getting compensated for it. And that's a big problem. Many of our clients have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of write-offs every year Mm. of time that their employees have spent doing things and they can't collect it, can't bill and collect it because they didn't get approval in advance to do the work. They just go ahead and do the work. And then they find out later, oh, that wasn't really in the contract. So we, we can't do that. Project management. So are your PMs monitoring their budgets and are they watching who's charging to their jobs? And are they, you know, taking good care of the dollars on the project? The next one is scheduling and resource management. So we have all these employees, they have a certain number of hours in a day. We want to optimize how we utilize our employees. Are they working on billable projects or are they sitting around with nothing to do? And many firms have this kind of peaks and valleys of work where one project starts, another one stops, and they go on hold and they have employed, they've got to organize where all their employees are supposed to be working. Many of their employees are working on multiple projects in one week. So they have to organize all that. And, and that's actually one area that a good system can really help you know, automating that process because having visibility into, you have a whole lot of employees. It's hard to keep track of that in a spreadsheet. Time management and time, you know, how are you doing with your time management? Invoicing and cash flow. Another one that we look at closely is your overall efficiency of your IT. In other words, do you have multiple silos of data all over your office and nobody actually knows where to go to find the right information? Many firms have, if, if you have 50 employees, you have 50 Outlook databases, basically, with contact information. And some of them don't even have the right, correct information in them. These people move to different companies and change addresses. And, and so you end up with just tons of data and nobody actually knows where to find the correct data. And then we also really look at client relationship management, which I believe should be intentional. So managing your best clients, knowing who your best clients are. And I go into this in greater detail and raise your value. But in Find the Lost Dollars, we talk about having client retention plans. If you have mm -hmm. 10 clients that are producing 80% of your revenue, you better know that you're going to keep those clients. And so there's all, all kinds of things that we work on in terms of building tighter relationships and ensuring that you're getting and keeping the best clients. Somebody prepped you for this call. I feel like you're reading my mind. <laughs> okay. So I, I hear that and I won't ask us to go deeper because guess what, everybody, you have to go read the book. Talk to us about Raise Your Value. So Raise Your Value came out of work that I was doing in Find the Lost Dollars. And 
as I mentioned earlier, most architects and engineers really don't like asking clients for money. They don't like talking about themselves, right? So when it comes time, I mean, you're in a competitive situation where you want to be selected by a great client. You have to know what to say. Right. And so if you have 50 employees and you ask all of them to go to a, out to a business development event and someone comes up and says, what do you do? They're going to come up with 50 different things, first of all. Second of all, they're going to talk about, well, I'm a civil engineer and I do groundwater management, stormwater management and wetland studies. That's what they're, that's the answer they're going to get. Sure is. And so we're teaching them and we teach in the book, talk about the result the client gets. We help you transform you know, a horrible piece of land into a revenue generating property. That is going to get a, a prospective client's interest up. And, and you can get much more granular than that. That's a very vague, generic For sure. example. Good but, example, though. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So talk about results. So raise your value. The, the word raise, as you mentioned earlier, is an acronym. It's a five-step process that I came up with to help our clients get from where they are to where they want to be, which is selling on value instead of price. And so R stands for rate your clients. Know who your clients are. And you have to come up with a list of ideal client criteria. We have a whole process to help them do this but come up with a list of ideal client criteria and then rate your existing clients. And then determine what are we going to do with our A clients, our B clients, our C clients. If we have any D clients, we probably should be getting rid of those clients because they're probably sucking the life out of our company. Uh, so that's the R. That's the first step. A is assess. You want to know how are we selling right now? What is our value? You know, what, what are we telling people about who we are and what we do? Who are our competitors? And what are they saying about the value that they bring? So we have them do a lot of research online, um, assessing their marketing collateral. We actually do some pretty in-depth financial analysis of their projects. So they really know which projects are better to go after, which are more profitable, which ones they're losing a lot more money on, and which types of clients they probably are going to really want to go after. And then investigate is where do we add significant value to clients? So that involves talking to your clients. We do have them do client interviews, talking to the employees, and analyzing projects that are successful and saying, you know, how did we save clients money in this project? And how did we help them reduce risk? And how did we help them meet their goals, their, their business goals? And so we go through that process and investigate and we come up with what I call a winning advantage. And a winning advantage is two, two tools that we help them develop. One we call the unique value proposition, which everyone's heard of before. It's, I didn't make that up. Everyone knows what that is. But most firms don't know how to create a unique value proposition. So we, you know, create, help create that. And then the proprietary process is where we actually help them come up with their keyword and develop the acronym that they're going to use for their business to differentiate their firm. Mm. And then S is the strategic plan. 
you take all these things you've learned in this process and you figure out how we're going to leverage this. Who are we going after? What kind of services really should we be offering? And how do we use this to our advantage? And then E is execute. You might have to change your website. You might have to train all your seller doers how to talk about value. There's various things that you need to do to actually bring all of this into the world. Uh, so great. I, I love it all. Can you talk to us about some of your, your wildly successful clients? Well, you know, in Raise Your Value, my book, one of my clients, John Christensen, agreed to write the foreword for the book. And he did a fantastic job because he's a numbers guy. He actually used to be a CFO. Now he's the CEO of his firm. But I started working with them in 2017 and put a group of their up and coming leaders through our Find the Lost Dollars training program. And in that process, they really gravitated to the whole idea of getting better clients. That was the, one of the three kind of key things that came out of that program for them. And they set about to kind of implement all of that. And as a result, they went from, and he does a much better job than me of explaining this in, in when he wrote the forward, because he actually uses charts and graphs and numbers and everything. But basically they had a win rate of about 16% and they were actually able to quadruple that to 64% in two years with the rate. It's basically the raise your value process. And a couple other little things that they put in place around project management and you know other business operational things. They were able to grow from about 100 employees to two, 220 in wow. four years. And their profits went way up. And it's because they were focused, they were committed, and they were doing the right things. And that's really all it takes. That's fantastic. June, I hear everything you're saying and I agree with it. And I'm I'm blown away by John Christensen's firm. Can we give his firm a shout out? What's yeah, Kleinschmidt Associates. Kleinschmidt, oh, we've actually I know them. So a win rate from 16 to 64 percent. I was getting ready to say, well, all right, if I go after less work, I can and and I really just dial in, I can just win more and chase less. But the results of 100 to 220 in four years and in increased profitability are the real results we're all looking for. Oh, and in the in those proposals that they did, they did less proposals and won more money. Beautiful. He explains that better than I do. <laughs> See, all these cliffhangers to get everybody to read the book. So yes. just go read the book, everybody. Or even better, call June and her team will come help you, which might be what MCFA does at the end of this. All right, I hear you. There's a lot of clients that, we work with that we love the content of the work. We love the individuals, but their organizations are just a pain in the rear to deal with. Slow pay, bureaucracies, total disorganization, lose invoices, but hey, those are our clients. We've got to take care of them. What do you say to that? I say that when we look at the ideal client criteria, we have quantitative criteria, revenue, profit, average size of a project, how many days do they take to pay us, right? Those are the kind of things that are easy because mm -hmm. we have, you just get some numbers. The other side is qualitative. Do they align with our values? 
In other words, if our values are around taking care of our employees, but our client treats our employees like crap, are we going to put up with that? Are we going to keep working with clients like that, right? Or if our client doesn't value us, they treat us like we're dispensable, you know? In other words, so there are clients out there that threaten their consultants and say, well, I can just go find another engineer down the, down the road, you know? Yeah. And that instead they, of they commoditize you. Yeah. They come on, and that's really what raise your value is about, but you you're providing tremendous value to them, but if they can't see it, and part of the reason is because the engineers don't know how to talk about it. Got and it. so what I'm a big believer in that there are lots of clients out there and <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have to keep working with clients that are not great clients. They should be great clients. I I agree. And life's better when you work with people that you get along with and organizations that are aligned with you. Your employees will be happier. Yeah. And happy employees make happy owners. Yeah. What what is the biggest obstacle you run into when you're working with engineering firms or architectural firms and you're trying to get the process going? Because change is hard in any organization. And tried and true engineers that like the way they do what they do have to be even harder to break through. Yeah. Talk to us about the secret to change management. Well, we found, and it's partly the way that we implement our training program, but it's done in groups. We actually have an online component and then they do their learning, their homework learning part, but then they come together as a group and collaborate and they work through talking about all of the things that are working and not working and how they could be better. And I have found from a change management standpoint, that is the key is getting buy-in from everybody. And the way you get buy-in is let the ideas come from them. You know, the, the old school engineering firm or architecture firm, everyone, all the leaders at the top went behind closed doors, made all the rules and policies, and then just came out and said, okay, everyone, this is what you're going to do. That doesn't work today. Today, you need to get as much feedback and involvement from all levels of your staff. And you'll see an incredibly transformational and committed and engaged group of people when you value what their ideas are and have them part of the solution. Hmm. So that's what I have found works from an adoption standpoint, getting them to actually embrace. You know, everybody struggles with timesheets, right? But when you get everyone in a group and they all agree how important it is and that it needs to get done every day, then you get the buy-in. You're going to get better results. Got it. All right. I love it. Everybody can look up your book, Find the Lost Dollar, Six Steps to Increase Profits in Architect, Engineering, and Environmental Firms, and Raise Your Value, available on Amazon. Yeah. Awesome. And then your website and your team are able to be reached at www.aecbusiness.com. And we will put a link to that in the show notes. Inspiring People and Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified, service disabled, veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people and places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. Switching gears a little bit, we want to get to know a little bit about June 
because I find that psychographic matches and core value matches make for a better relationship between vendor and owners. Yeah. So question number one, favorite quote. If you believe you can or you can't, you're always right. I think that's Henry Ford. Or Thomas Edison. One no, of- maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we're both wrong, but I like the quote. Yeah, I do too. Outside of your books, most gifted or most recommended book? Out of my books? Outside of. So Outside not including your books. So I hope I- yours is the most gifted one that you're giving away. <laughs> that I recommend? God, you know, I read so many books. I love Perry Marshall's 80-20 Sales and Marketing. There's so many. I just read Peaks and Valleys. Okay, good one. Fantastic book. Have you read Predictable Revenue? I haven't, no. That's a good one too. Or for the CPA mind that you are. Well, yeah, I Um, love subscription pricing. (laughs) I talk about that (laughs) in Raise Your Value. It's hard for engineering firms to do. It's very hard. It is possible. It is. I I I agree. I believe. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? My dad, <laughs> Vince Lombardi. Oh. I'm a huge football fan and I love him. And Barack Obama. Who's your football team? The Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said the Redskins. I, yeah. Um, my my condolences. That's that's a that's a that's a tough that's a tough organization to to stay it's with. Really, right really, it's been tough staying a fan. You know, I've been a fan my whole life. Uh, the conversation was going so good until you. I know. The football team. <laughs> Who's your team? I, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh gosh. Well, you know, I actually did support the Eagles in the last Super Bowl just because I have so many friends and family there. All right, all right, we can get along there then. <laughs> All right. Last question. How do you want to be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? These are big questions. Hey, we went from numbers to big questions. It's what we do. Probably that I'm a great mom. Great. How many kids do you have? Three. Yeah, they're grown up. They're all doing well. That's awesome. I also have three. All right. So our entire audience is architect, engineering, construction, management, maybe general contractor firms. The floor is yours to close us out with any inspiration or guidance or two by fours to the head you want to give to the industry right now. I don't know if a recession is coming or not. I guess I would say likely it is just because I've lived through so many of them. that It's it's likely, right, that at some point we're going to have a recession. You need to be prepared for it. I actually really believe that Raise Your Value, reading that book and and really going through the steps will help you be better prepared for recession. Going after every project and client that comes along is not a strategy. And I, I really feel that being more strategic and more intentional is the key to being successful whether it's the business is booming or it's slowing down. It's, it's really about being intentional and strategic. So that's, that's my advice. Awesome. June, I can't thank you enough for joining us with a very relevant message hitting home to me because all of these areas are things I wrestle with. 
Best way for people to get in touch with you? Email, LinkedIn, what's the best? All of the above. LinkedIn with me. I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. AECbusiness.com. We have a I have a blog with lots of articles. And yeah, reach out on my website. You can schedule a call with me if you want to. Awesome. June Jewel, thank you so much for joining the Inspiring People in Places podcast. Thank you so much, BJ. I really enjoyed working with you. Me too. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People in Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.